Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Answering Questions from Reddit, and welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today I thought I'd do something a little bit different. I feel like sometimes when I was doing this, for people that are new to this channel, basically what I would do is I'd take three separate subreddits that have to do with mental health and give my advice or you know just react to certain things and maybe learn a thing or two. I thought instead I would try and focus on one at a time just because I feel like some of these can be vastly different. So I feel like, you know, when we're when we're talking about certain things, maybe it might be better to just stay in that realm of thought. But yeah, let's go ahead and check it out. Uh, we're going to be focused on the depression subreddit, something very, not, not very, exactly very simple, but, you know, just something that a lot of us can relate to, so... Uh, I don't want to be alive because other people don't want me to die. I want to be alive because I want to live. Nobody expresses concern for anyone until they don't have access to them anymore. When people are are here, you will always take humans for granted. When people are forever gone, that is when you love and long for them endlessly. Sorry, these are just thoughts I'm having. Interesting. Well, I, uh, you know, never mind. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is very much the hedon uh, hedonistic treadmill or hedonic treadmill, right? when you're you humans tend to end up getting used to their surroundings so that they can have a new balance point which would be like their new middle ground or whatever you want to call it and anytime it gets better then they feel sense of euphoria anytime it gets worse and they feel even though worst is actually better than they were before right so it's a lot of, a lot of times it's very hard to remember that reference point which I I always encourage people to do is to find the reference point reference point in your life where it's like wow I really hit rock bottom, and they're remembering that even if you fail at something it, it it you know you're still not at that same place you know hopefully you know and if you get to that same place then you know that at one point you got out of it, right? So you have empirical knowledge that there is a chance to get out of here. So yeah, and let me let me read the title one more time because they didn't really talk too much about the title in here. I don't want to be alive because other people don't want me to die. I want to be alive because I want to live. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a really good. That's actually a very good point because listen, as much as I want you people to have, I think support groups are great. I think in the most direst of straits, they're going to be the the thing that anchors you to reality. But you also need to live for your own self, right? And that's why figuring out your why in life is so paramount. So paramount to your recovery, to your, well, just to bettering yourself in general, right? Because without that why, it, it becomes a, it becomes this, like, you're, you're lost. It becomes, it gets to the point where you, you feel like you're lost in like a sandstorm, right? And the reason why I use a sandstorm is because there's all these little grain things hitting you in a sandstorm, like the, the little grains of sand. And you, and they all kind of accumulate to make this massive tornado and or this massive gust of wind that is just tearing you apart right you know it's 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 in the sand gets in your mouth and your nostrils and all that kind of stuff in your eyes and all you can do is kind of look is is put your arm in front of your eyes and just keep walking forward not knowing exactly where you're going so there, there are some days where that happens and i completely get it so you know that uh but you know living for your living having a reason to live for yourself is is a good reason too it should be complemented as well with you know people wanting you to live i think that's really why networking social networking is one of the biggest strengths of humans in general you know without the social interactions and stuff i mean we wouldn't have a lot of the things that we have today so 
Uh, next post is fuck you, dad. I hate you for not controlling your temper when I was a child. I hate you for continuing to lose your temper to this day. I hate you for invalidating my feelings when I'm upset. I hate you for setting the bar high and not holding yourself to the same standards. I wish I could remove the parts of you that I see in myself. Fuck you. Yeah, this is a very common sentiment with with some dads is that you know they they hold people they hold their kids to these impossible standards. When I, I mean, I'll give you an example. Right, my dad was like disappointed in me for not going to a four-year university instead of going to a or instead I ended up going to a community college and you know my dad even didn't even go to college right and I'm, I don't I don't even remember if he I think he barely passed high school if I'm not mistaken so for me for me to hear that right is just like oh my god now if he if he's if he ended up saying kind of like what mom said right like she never graduated college either but she did some college and she's like you know I want better for you than what I had and all that kind of stuff Typical, well, not typical all the time, but, you know, something that every parent should want for their kids, right? It was a little bit more understanding than, you know, my dad just wanting me to be good because I was his son and I had his name and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely get that to a large degree, right? I'm not too sure if this is a, uh, a boy or a girl that's posting on this, but yeah, I mean, sometimes pa parents in general can do this, you know, where they have these really high standards for you. And if you don't meet them, it's almost like you just failed them all together. It's like, oh, well, that's. I wish I wish you would have done better. You know, I'm disappointed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but as long as they have a message of love at the end of it, you know, you can't just stop with the disappointment. You have to say, okay, listen, I'm not going to stop loving you, but I, I really did think that, you know, you you would be able to do this. Why don't we find some some place? Why don't we find a, a area of that you're interested in, that you're more interested in, that you can excel in. Ah, excuse me, water break. So yeah, you you really need that message of love along with the <clears throat> along with the expression of of because listen, there are definitely gonna be points where a, a parents disappointed with a child. Like I I dropped out of college. Did you think that my my mom was just completely okay with that? No, I mean listen, my my brother graduated from college, my sister graduated from college. In fact, going all the way to her master's. So me not graduating from college, I was the only one that never did it. And you know, I I never I never really regretted that for some reason. Like at first I did, but then I was like, you know what? I'm actually glad I kind of got out of that. You know, I, I like sure it would have been nice to get my degree after being in college for like three something years, but at the same time, I feel like all that would have done was give me some type of uh, all all that would have done was led me to becoming more of an alcoholic than I already was at that point. And to smoking even more if that was even possible. And then I did end up smoking more as I got out of uh, as I got out of college and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think if I was still in college and in that environment, I don't think I would have I don't think it would have been very good for me. So to say the least, uh, next post is I feel like all I do is annoy people. No one ever wants to talk to me unless I reach out to them first. I feel like I'm just an annoying person who no one thinks who, who, who no one talks to because I do, don't offer them anything. I'm just so annoying and push everyone away somehow. I just wanted to stop. Well, now th this might sound very surprising to some of you, but that could be the, you might've just answered your own question to a certain degree, right? Listen, a conversation is a give and take exchange, right? When we're talking to somebody, there have to be certain areas that you tick for somebody to be con to well to remain interested in the conversation, right? Unless they are a professional or have some history with what you're going through, right? Like I can talk to a mentally ill person for a long time and not 
ever like air my grievances out for them because I know what role I have in this conversation. But for somebody that is like your friend or something like that, that's a very different story. That is really different. It is, it's a, it's a vastly different thing. Not saying that you sh- you shouldn't be able to open up to them at certain points in your life, but when you only use them for that, it becomes a point where you're just like, oh, like that's all you really want me for. I mean, I had this happen to me before, even when I was in, even after I'd gone through the hospital and gone through the 5150 and gotten diagnosed and stuff like people would come to me and just air their problems out at me because I had been through that. But at the same time, I didn't always want to talk about that. Right. So listen, may, but I don't know exactly what you mean when you say you don't offer them anything too. Like, I don't know if you're saying like, Oh, all I do is ever grieve to them. And I like, or what do you mean by you don't offer them anything? You'd have to look at that more in an objective sense. Like what, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean you don't offer them anything in terms of maybe you're not talkative as much? Because that's very different from what I just said, where you end up bombarding them with all of your problems and, you know, expecting them to, to help you fix them. You know, that's a very, very, two very different things. So um, not really too sure exactly what that is. But and also there are some people that are very hard to get to, like even some of my friends, if I don't, if I'm not the one reaching out to them, like they barely reach out. You know, and I don't take that too personally anymore. I used to take it very personally, but listen, that's just that. That's just uh, that's just what happens. Oh man, this is a rough one. Uh, the next post: My mama bear passed away on June first. My mom became an angel. I'm really struggling tonight and could use some kind words. Yeah, that's rough, man. I remember one time I had a dream that my mom died, and I it was really weird. And I woke up like crying, and I ran to her room to make sure she was alive, and you know. She was saying, thankfully, she snores, so I could, I could hear her from, uh, from like the next room. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really tough. So, uh, you know, very, uh, very tough for you, man. I, I really, or you know, whoever you are, I mean, I really hope that you're, you're doing well. It's always tough to lose a parent, especially one that you're close to. Like with me and my dad, it was a little bit more confusing. But uh, especially when you have a, a parent that you that you confide in and all that kind of stuff and they do a lot for you once you lose them it can destroy it can destroy a lot of what you've built up and that's just me being real not me trying to be a dick or anything um but you know uh listen i mean since you did ask for some kind words just realize that and since you do does sound like you're somewhat religious or you know whatever um just realize that you have a part, even if you aren't religious, just realize that you carry on her legacy, right? You carry on what she taught you and you represent her in whatever you do from now on. So knowing that you have that responsibility may sound very crushing, but in fact, what it does for me, right? Now that I know I have my father's legacy to contend with, right? Which wasn't very good. Now I think to myself, I need to be better than him because if I don't, I'm going to continue this, this curse of, of bad luck, right. Of, you know, him, you know, him, him giving this sense of inferiority to his kids. Right. I, I don't want to be that to my kids. So therefore I need to, I need to, since I, I inherited my father's name as well, I need to make sure that I am being the best that I can be, you know, um, but it also affects my mother as well, right? Like I have to show exactly what I've learned or exactly, um, you know, the person that I have to be the best person that I can in order to represent her as well. And so just remember, even though she has passed away, some part of her is still within you living through you. You know, that's the one, that's the beauty about having kids is as long as you have kids, you're 
kind of immortal to, to a certain degree as long as your kids keep on uh, procreating, right? Because they will end up telling the story of you as well to other people and other people and other people. And yeah, it's it's a really beautiful thing, kids. And, you know, it's a shame that there are a lot of people that are um, abstaining from that. And um, I, I understand why as well. But I think also it, uh, I think any good society is going to have a good good child, child uh, population as well. So um, ever completely lose interest in something that you once loved? It came over me a few years ago that something I held near and dear to me my whole life just wasn't enjoyable anymore. And now it feels like it, I'm some cynical person who has a negative thing to say about everything. Yeah, I mean, music is kind of an on and off thing for me. I sometimes will do it, sometimes won't. It has more to do with my... Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think I, I'm not going to make excuses for it. I do I do lose interest and gain interest in it sometimes with poetry too, with writing as well. I haven't really wrote in my diary for a little while so there is that but uh yeah i mean i think i think this this can happen with depression it can also happen when we're not disciplined enough to keep doing the things that we love uh you know that when i say discipline right it it, it you're like oh well what does discipline have to do with something that you're doing something that you love well doing something that you love it requires discipline even on the days that you don't want to do it so i don't care if you're just practicing scales for 15 minutes or something like that like that will help you immensely with a lot of this. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely 100% guilty of this. Do not get me wrong. Uh, that's a little bit long, although, I mean, I do have a little bit more time on here, so. Interesting, I've given up. I no longer have dreams. I used to be such a good kid. Bad things like my life shouldn't happen to nice kids. Sometimes I think about my childhood and everything I wanted to accomplish. I wanted, I want to vomit when I see the adult I've become. I didn't even screw up willfully. I was born wealthy, smart enough, a bit ugly, I guess. Now all I want to do is die. My life is uninteresting. I think about suicide because I anticipate a lot. Uh, I anticipate a lot. Sorry. I help me. It, it helps me quit worrying. I can't do it on my own. I need my mother. Although I'm 36, I have a job that I hate, but that pays the bills. I've given up on the idea to make friends. Life is so weird. It, I do, it doesn't make sense. It does. It's like there is a random generator. Um, by the way, for people that don't know, I think he's talking about like an RNG, a uh, random number generator that happens in video games where like uh, an enemy could pop up like right here or right there and right there. So, um, yeah, sometimes I think about what I'm going to tell, what I'm going to tell when arriving to the gates of heaven, even though I'm an atheist, I want to speak to the person in charge and ask them what was the sense of all this. I didn't enjoy it. I just work, eat, work, eat, uh, just work, eat, and shit. I wanted to do something meaningful with life, but it fucked up. I wanted to be a PhD. I wanted to do a PhD, but it's too cruel to have dreams now. All, all I do is work, eat, and shit. I'm not even that depressed. I'm just bored and in pain. Every time I try to reach to my reach for my dreams, I get humiliated. Perhaps I, it was all as it was supposed to be: eat, work, and shit. Yeah. So this is a very cynical view to life, and this isn't just a um, a critique on this person when you don't realize the nuances of life it starts to get very bleak because you start to look at it that way right whereas if you look at animals i mean what are they doing they're eating they're working they're shitting and i guess they're also procreating and all that kind of stuff and surviving right but it's very interesting once you gain the once you gain the intellect that humans have it begins to you get to a place where it's like all of a sudden, oh my God, there's so much to 
think about and thinking can be a curse to, don't don't get me wrong like intelligence doesn't have its like it doesn't have or it, it it's not like it has no downsides right it has a lot of downsides that is that be it that you can overthink things whereas an animal that does has lower intelligence would just go to do the thing based off of instinct now there's a downside in that too but if there's a life or death situation you bet you bet your ass that they would go there first before somebody that was super intelligent that just is not you know is thinking way too much about things so um but yeah i always try and avoid this kind of cynicism although i do entertain it i do entertain the ideas right because i mean one of the ideas that i got from a guy named steve-o right from uh, jackass he always talks about this this absurdity of life where it is you live to survive, but you know one day you are going to die. Like you absolutely, nobody is the obsession, uh, excuse me, nobody is the exception to that rule. So one day we're all going to die and that's that's it, right? Like we're all going to die and you, but you're going to try and survive your hardest to make sure that moment in your life is as far away as possible, right? Like it's very absurd the way life is. And once you are, you know, when you have the intellect of a human, you understand that you're not going to live forever, right? Whereas if you're an animal, you're just kind of surviving day by day. You're not really looking at the long-term picture of things. Whereas humans end up looking at the long-term pictures of things and that can make them depressed to a certain degree because they realize their potential. They realize that there is, you know, they could be this, 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 and this, and that can put a lot of pressure on them. And so going back to this, this person's post, right? When they say I've given up, it's 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 somewhat easier to give up on those things and say like, oh, this is what I do, and you know, this is the way that my life is, and you know, you start to realize after a while that that's a lot of conditioning that you do to yourself, right? When you say those things, when you end up saying, oh, I all I do is eat work shit and that you know repeat. Well, if you just keep on doing that, then that's basically what you're going to be. And this is where I, I, where I always say, you know, look at where you're, look at where you want to go, not at where you don't want to be. You know, because if you keep looking at where you don't want to be, you're going to either end up going that way, or you're going to end up tripping along the way to going where you want to go. Right? You know, I'll give you an example. You end up, <clears throat> you end up uh, on the freeway, right? And all of a sudden, you look over at an accident. And there's an accident over on the side, and you're like, oh man. And, Glad I'm not that guy, but you're looking at him, so you're not looking forward at where you want to go. So then you end up rear-ending somebody that was in front of you because you didn't see them because you did weren't looking at where you wanted to go. So it's a lot like that. That's like the best analogy that I can really give. At least the only analogy I can think of after having breakfast. So yeah, this is um, that, that that's that's rough, but I I think you know, having some better talks with yourself about the metaphysical aspects of life. You know, you, you said you're, they mentioned they're not, they're, they're atheists, excuse me. So listen, looking at, the, at life in a metaphysical manner doesn't always have to include religion. You can also just look into philosophy, look at uh, Plato's theory of forms, look at, once you get this different aspect of life into you, like these ideas, it really does start to open up a lot of things in terms of maybe you're uh, lo looking into the way that you think and looking into the, the just the vast possibilities of life if these people can make these assumptions about life maybe you can make your own assumption and maybe it will be right maybe it'll be wrong you know that's for time to tell so uh next post is concerned for my seven-year-old brother my seven-year-old brother has mentioned a lot of dark and concerning remarks about hating his life wishing he was dead and mentioning how he was going to die soon because he 
he'll kill himself. My parents already talked to him about this and told him he was stupid for thinking this way. It broke my heart. They said that his death wouldn't hurt them and it would be stupid for him to kill himself. Okay, that's an immediate red flag right there. I'll come back to that in a second. I've tried to talk to him about talk to him about this and wanted him to know that my sister and I are here for them for him, but he hasn't opened up yet. I think it'd be best for him to speak to professionals, but I'm only 14. I want to know how I can show him my support and help him with this. I'm so scared. He's so young and brings so much joy into our lives. I just I try to let him know that I love him all the time. So this is very it's a very tough thing because uh, I'll tell you the juxtaposition here. So when somebody's given like no love from certain people and a lot of love from another pe- uh, other people, like if they get like no love from their parents and I'll, I'll give myself an example, right? Whenever I would get like uh, like no love from a certain people and a lot of love from other people, I would usually take the people for who were giving me a lot of love, like I'd always take them for granted. Because I thought they were they would be just like you know, I thought that the person giving me lo- no love was actually the one that was right. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, you're just giving me all this free love. Like, get it away from me. Though there's a little bit of a juxtaposition that can happen here. I'm not saying it'll happen here with your with your brother. So I, I do hope that your love and support really does reach him. But you also have to understand, uh, seven years old is very, a very young age to be thinking those thoughts. It is a very, very young age. And so absolutely that he should be seeing professional help, especially see the parents saying that, that his death wouldn't hurt them. That is brutal. That is one of the most brutal things I've ever heard. Like another human being saying to, or saying uh, a human being say to another human being, man, that is really brutal. You, you have to listen, you have to, I I think a good way to uh, emphasize or to, to help people with this is to remind, remind them, how much their life means to you. And it doesn't always have to be through the sappy love thing, but, you know, just reminding them, you know, little things like if they're on a sports team and being like, hey, man, couldn't have done this without you. Little things like that, you would be surprised at how much that has changed my life. Little thing, little pieces of my life where I know that I'm an integral, integral part, you know, like this podcast, my anime casuals podcast, you know, it's wild to think how much like how, how much that has helped me realize or helped me anchor myself to this reality and help me remain on this earth you know as, as scary as it sounds it really has helped me stay anchored to this earth and really made me want to put my mark on it so yeah and that that is really cruel i i just have to say that, that is really cruel to say that to a young person and um and to say that it'd be stupid of him to kill himself, yeah, it would be. I mean, I do agree with him on that. But saying that to a kid, a young kid like that, would is just not not exactly the right way to go. Now, I I would argue, I would also, you know, devil advocate here. I don't exactly exact have the greatest advice for a parent other than to put them in professional help. Listen, when there is when you are struggling and you don't understand exactly, and you have the resources, of course and you don't realize how to help somebody, then finding help outside of, you know, where the professionals, you know, people that do this every day would, is, is a wonderful way to go. So, um, yeah, hopefully they're able to do that. Um, okay. Let's start off. Let's uh, end off on a positive note. I, this is a little, it's a little long. I think I'm just going to go on the point, the, the main point some stuff that helped me don't see yourself as the victim is number one the past is the past number two and number three friends aren't therapists Ooh, very interesting 
Okay, I think I have enough time to read this. How much time do I got? Oh, yeah, I got plenty of time. The wor- uh, Number one, don't see yourself as a victim. The world isn't out to get you. Not everyone has bad intentions. Not everyone will hate you. If you can't find a good friend in real life, find one online. It's much better than not having a good friend at all. Seeing yourself as a victim of everything just makes you feel hopeless. Interesting. Number two, the past is the past. You might, you may be 18, 27, 35, or 45 years old. You have no accomplishments and uh, you're proud of. You can't change the past. What you can change is the future. Learn an instrument, pick up a new hobby, start learning something, do anything. For me, I used to keep telling myself, damn, if I started learning, doing this three years ago, what I wanted to, that sounds very familiar, I'd be so much happier than I am now. If, you, if you're like me, you got to realize and you, you're, uh, realize you're in that time period right now. Years from now, do you want to be proud of yourself for making that first step? Or you want to go through the same cycle? Three friends are not uh, are not therapists. Yes, you should be able to talk to your friends about your problems, but don't treat them as therapists. They don't they can't do much other than listen. And realistically, if you all if all you can talk about is being depressed, it'll push them away. It, it, it'll push them away. They want the best for you, but you can't expect them to sacrifice their own mental health for yours. You need professional help if it comes to that. Uh, if if it becomes this bad, so yeah, these are actually really good, great pieces of advice. And this is what I was kind of telling about earlier about the friend that said they didn't offer anything. If you are treating your friends as therapist, you have to be very careful with that because there will be a, a point where all they, you know, all they will see you as is, oh, this is a person with all the problems. This is a person, and that might sound messed up, but you have to also realize it's just as messed up for you to to be using this person as some as as some you know as some type of person that they're not right which is a therapist um not saying that they can't like listen i've I've talked to plenty of my friends about problems people have opened up to me and i've been there for them as much as they've been there for me but you also have to realize that these people are not going to listen friends want to have fun together you know friends want uh, down to you know that that's really what they want to do be there for and so if you treat them like that they're going to eventually see you as the unfun person right and that's not messed up for them to think right they they really do they're they're giving up some of their time maybe they work five days a week and you you take up one of them with uh with hanging out and you know all you're doing is talking about your problems well okay then what you know and then what happens when they talk about their problems are you going to be able to help them i mean you know you have to look at this from the other side now, listen, if you guys are both talking about your problems equally and all that kind of stuff, then cool. You go do you. But um, but even then, I would say that it's a very unhealthy relationship to have with a friend. So, um, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good advice right there. So, I mean, hopefully you guys like this format a little bit better where I just kind of focus into one realm of mental health. And I think this is what I'm going to do from now on with these answering questions from Reddit. But as always, guys, don't forget, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.